Hey, this is Tim from Kalamunda Church of Christ, and today I hope that this podcast blesses you. If you are wanting to know anything more about our beautiful church, why don't you hop online and head to our website at kalamunda.church. Well, what a special day today to come together on Mother's Day. Um, I just want to say a really warm and happy Mother's Day to all the mums that are out there today in Kalamunda in Kalamunda Church, to those who call Kalamunda Church their home and those who are visiting. And I feel really blessed that I've got my mum here today. Mum, it's good to have you back. I know mum misses, it's a long way for her to come, but she misses coming here because she feels there's something special about Kalamunda, that it's a family. And um, I'm just blessed to have my two girls, Amy and Emma, here too. So I feel like a happy mummy. <laughs> so... Um, so my name's Jenny and I'm one of the family here um, and you know it's an honour to actually be in Kalamunda and to call this our home church. It's a really special place to be. So Brad's asked me to share a message today. I'm a little bit nervous and don't always get nervous but I am today. But um, <laughs> Thank you Tom. I, I paid these guys to be a fan club on the front row. Um, but why, he's asked me to talk about spiritual mothering and why that's so important in the church and so I'm going to do my best to talk about that why it's so important for us individually but for the family the church family but I know I prayed but I really wanted to pray again before when we were praying earlier um, we asked God to take over and I think that he's moving in a way that um, I pray that it's not my notes but it's God speaking today so let's pray let join me in prayer please so Father God, we thank you and we ask that you, I ask that you speak through me today, Lord. I pray that your words and your holy presence, Lord, reach out and touch each of us as you would have us touch this morning. Lord, we know that while Mother's Day can be a joy for many, it can also be a time of sorrow for some. And we ask that your grace will cover us all today. As we look on your word on spiritual mothering, we ask that you increase our character and our attitude to help us reflect more of Jesus through our actions, our words and our thoughts. In his mighty name we pray. Amen. All right. So how cool was it? The kids bring us a little prezi. Who just loved that? So who got a little gift? Pot plant. Yeah? Only two people. All right. Sorry, guys. You miss out. You know... Um, I always, um, so thanks kids, it's really beautiful, and Joe and the team that helped them to do that. Um, I often wondered why Mother's Day, when I lived in the country, why Mother's Day was always in seeding. It was always in seeding time. And I felt, oh, why is it that I don't, you know, I don't get help with my kids making breakfast in bed and all that kind of stuff. And um, I thought Mother's Day should be spring. You know, when all the flowers are blooming, not when it's wet, miserable, grey. But look at today, how glorious is that? So um, I hope if you've got a mum of little ease that your day, your start to your day was really special. And um, I think that um, I just want to read this poem that um, a friend, a pastor friend of mine posted up on Facebook this morning. Mother's love. There is no love like a mother's love, no stronger bond on earth, like the precious bond that comes from God to a mother when she gives birth. A mother's love is forever strong, never changing for all time. And when her children need her most, a mother's love will shine. God bless these special mothers. God bless everyone for all the tears and heartache and for the special work that they've done. 
when her days on earth are over, a mother's love lives on through many generations with God's blessing on each one. Be thankful for our mothers, for they love with a higher love from the power God has given and the strength from up above. I mean, how beautiful is that? That's what we're talking about today, mother's love and the generations and how God's asking us to actually mother for future generations and father as well. It's not just mother, but... So, um, so I know that while we're celebrating mothers today, I think that all parents would agree that parent, parenting is actually really interesting. It's a word I use when I don't have another word to say. But it can be one of the most rewarding things that we'll ever do, as well as it can be one of the most difficult. Would you all agree? Parenting can make you laugh and it can make you cry. It can be crazily funny and leave you in stitches and it can be heartbreakingly sad. And we'll probably all agree that being a parent is a blessing and it's never boring. It's never dull. Kids keep us on our toes. So we're just going to take a minute to watch a really short Mother's Day clip that might trigger a few memories for some mums and dads or actually might have been how your day started today. So let's watch it. Mom's going to love this. <laughs> yeah. And you know what? She deserves it. She's a great mom. Okay. What are we missing? We got the eggs, the juice, the muffins, got the bacon, cereal, oatmeal. Dad, nobody likes oatmeal. Hey, I know we got chocolates for your mom, but there was something else that she wanted for Mother's Day. What was it? Was it a new Bible? Look how worn out that thing is. Dad, gotta start watching out for these things. I bet it was a spa day. Bet it was a new car. Uh, definitely not a new car. She's basically my personal Uber driver. We could both use the upgrade. <laughs> no. Was it those fuzzy socks? Dad, you get that for her every holiday. She has like a thousand of them. Is it one of those candles that she puts in our bedroom? Hold on. Why does she only put that on my side? What was it she wanted for Mother's Day? Dad, remember what mom wants for Mother's Day. What's that, buddy? The sleeping! <laughs> Happy Mother's Day. Mother's Day. <laughs> we clearly owe you brunch after church. <laughs> what you owe me is a nap. Yes, yes, we do. <laughs> Who can relate to that? Whose morning started like that today? I hope nobody's. <laughs> it was nobody's experience, yeah? No, that's good. Um, I, I do remember having, sorry girls, I do remember having to take some charcoal off some toast sometimes, but um, anyway, yesterday I had, I was just, you know, thinking, and, and sometimes, you know how random memories come into your mind sometimes, and I was thinking about when my kids were little, and um, I think Em, who's here, was about three years old, and um, my kids all loved to do jigsaws, and we lived out in the wheat belt in a little town called Wildcatch, which wasn't far from where Brad was, and um, we'd, we'd probably been playing puzzles or doing puzzles that day, but she, she asked me who was born first of the kids, you know, at three, doesn't 
that doesn't have any comprehension. And I said, oh, Troy was, he's, he's the oldest. And she's just like, you know, obviously meditated and thought about that. And then she turned around and she eyeballed Amy and she said, well, I guess you and me, we were just pieces of puzzle waiting to get put together in mum's tummy. <laughs> so I thought, out of the mouth of babes, they're so innocent. But um, so Brad's asked me to speak about spiritual mothering and um, or spiritual mothers, and I want to um, preface it by saying that the topic is just as relevant for fathers. Okay, the church needs spiritual mothers and fathers, and we all do as individuals. So this might not have been something that you'd ever thought about. I know that for me, it, I hadn't really thought about it until I was probably in my forties. And I thought, you know, I, I realised I needed someone who was wiser and, um, you know, had walked with the Lord longer than I had to actually coach me and mentor me and speak into my life. Um, and I gave her permission to do exactly that. I gave her permission to call me out when I wasn't doing things that she could see were in alignment with what God was saying. It wasn't always easy but she did it from a place of love to me. And I don't think Laz and I would be married today, in all honesty, if she hadn't walked that journey with us. It made a massive difference to me. She prayed with me. She prayed for me. She helped me walk a journey of where God was calling me in my life. But it was her spiritual wisdom that was that point of difference. Does that make sense? You know, I'd had other women in my life who I'd been friends with and I knew they were Christians but they didn't do that they didn't actually stand and say to me what you're doing is wrong because they actually were doing similar things to what I was doing so they didn't see that even though they loved the Lord they didn't have that depth of wisdom so we're going to look at what the Bible tells us about spiritual wisdom as spiritual mothering and why it's important and how we become spiritual mothers so I honestly didn't know. I mean, we've been spiritual mothers and, and you know, mentoring young, young girls mainly um, and been there for them, but I didn't realise it was a biblical mandate. I didn't realise that, you know, it just didn't click in my mind. But 1 Timothy 3.14 said, Paul expresses that the church and its members are to relate to one another as a family. And that's what Brad's alluding to this morning. We actually are a family. We're all connected. We're part of the church of Christ. We are a family, brothers and sisters in Christ, mums and dads in Christ. He said that I'm writing these things to you so that if I delay, you may know how one ought to behave in the household of God. He's giving us an instruction. So we're that family and he's telling us how he wants us to behave. So when we don't do that, what are we doing? We're being a bit disobedient to our father, aren't we? So Paul wrote to Titus and he instructed him on how he should teach and how to apply it to different groups in the congregation. And he commanded Titus to teach the older women so they could train the younger women. And those teachings were divinely inspired by God for his daughters throughout history, not just then, for today and tomorrow and the future generations to come. And it says, I think, um, thanks guys. Um, I always think that, I, that you stand in the way of the slide. Now, can we go back to that one? Um, so 2 Timothy 2, 9, 10. 
Older women are to teach what is right and pure, that which accords with sound doctrine that leads to good works. They are to adorn themselves with what is proper for women who profess godliness, and that adorning is good works. He doesn't say put on a beautiful dress, put on a little bit of jewellery, whatever. He says to adorn yourself with good works. So in Titus 2, 3 to 5, he says, Likewise with the female elders, lead them into lives free from gossip and drunkenness and be teachers of beautiful things. This will enable them to teach the younger women to love their husbands, to love their children and to be self-controlled and pure, taking care of their households and being devoted to their husbands. By doing these things, the word of God will not be discredited. So it's actually God's desire that we apply that word to every area of our lives and that we grow and that we live a spirit-filled life. Now, we might hear that over and over again, but in reality, what's showing in our lives? You know, we're walking, none of us are perfect. We all know that, we all do things wrong, we all sin, but God's calling us to put on that um, good works, to do that good works. So when it... um, when they're talking about older women, now it's really, I could have dyed my hair and pretended I wasn't older, but I am. So it's, it, um, t- um, they don't mean that she is necessarily older in age. What it means is that she is more mature in spiritual wisdom. Okay, does that make sense? So the, the person that I talked about before was about five years younger than me, but she was way ahead of me in that growth. And so I had the ability, I could trust her then. So someone older in maturity, in wisdom, in godliness, someone whose words and the way that they conduct themselves and the knowledge that they have produces faithful living. And we see that because they're full of the Spirit. So by their fruit, Brad talked about that, you know, the fruit of the Spirit outworks in their lives and it's visible. So... You know, that's not the same as being a biological mum and it's not meant to take over that role at all. There are um, people who have um, mother's hearts, which is like spiritual mothering, and that, that heart can be in someone who's never had children. But you see it in the outworking of their lives. It's the proof. And I think it's actually that compassionate heart, that loving heart, that heart that cares for people, the heart that actually doesn't want someone left behind. You know, that's what we all need to have as a family. I remember years ago, I was uh, Laz and I were in a conference, probably I think we were in the States, and it was a, a Christian facilitator who was doing this talk. I think if I've got that right. Anyway, he drew a picture on, a, um, on just a butcher's paper, and he drew an island and another island, and he said, this is, you know, your honey over here, and this is, you know, the girl over here and the boy over here, separated, you know, can't get across, no boat. But he said, what if someone pulls the plug on that, on the ocean, and that water drains away? We're all connected. There isn't any difference, and that's what God's world is like. We're actually all connected. And that responsibility for us to include our family and to grow together, God's given us that mandate. Does that make sense? All right. So being married isn't a requirement to be have a godly heart for, for, for um, a spiritual mothering. Single and married women are called to be spiritual mothers. 
So the calling is to actually help someone else to mature, and that is an ongoing process. Boy, I can tell you, it's uh, actually, I'm glad Les is not here, but I reckon he's still growing along that path. <laughs> so cut that bit out of the recording. <laughs> so, so what does it mean in a healthy church? Like, we, I think we've got a great church, but I know we can be a better church, okay? So we've just read in Timothy that it was God who decided that we're a family. He decided that, okay? And in the family of God, that role of a spiritual mother, and remember I prefaced that it would be spiritual father as well, is to pass on that wisdom gained through their faith, experiences to women who are younger in the faith. That is, you know, like there are little kids here who might actually have someone who's a youth leader, you know, it's like it, it doesn't have to be someone who is grey-haired and old. Right? It, it's someone with more wisdom than they have. But it's also someone who's got some life experience because I can tell you that you cannot help someone or guide someone or speak into someone's life from who is hurting and damaged if you're in exactly that same place. Okay, you can't do it. You have to, that's why God's calling us all to grow. So thank you, Tom. I double what I give you. <laughs> so, so it's vital to a growing church and a church that seeks to be to be mature in growing up new believers and new Christians and that seeks to create healthy men and women, to learn to have relationships where we heal, where we find acceptance, identity, unconditional love and trust is part. It's a vital part of family. You know... That's not to say that you don't have that in your family, but what, is, what it is saying is we need it in God's family, okay, outside of our family. It could be that your mother is your spiritual mother. It could be that it's your auntie. It could be that it's a neighbour. It could be someone from the church, and we're blessed. I've got to say a plug. I'm so glad, Claire, that you've been um, put forward as an elder. Um, I, I just think that you're going to be amazing and I love that you're a woman on there. <laughs> okay. Claire has a mother's heart. She is a spiritual mother of many people and that shines out of Claire, so beautiful. So spiritual mothering in the lives of girls and young adults in the church helps them to realise their worth and their dignity as children of God. You know, so many people don't know that. It took me years seriously took me a long time. I wasn't a kid when I worked that out. I was an adult. I was a mum. And I would love to see that other people, our children, find that a lot earlier than I did. So that spiritual mothering provides encouragement, education, wisdom, correction through honesty and someone to talk to and to trust. And you cannot spiritually mother someone if you're not honest to them and if you don't come from a place of love has to love you know God tells us love underpins everything right just like he is to us our father and his love underpins everything he does for us and that's the same so it provides that safe place for that younger person spiritually to actually share what's going on in their lives to seek guidance and prayer and not be judged. And that's so important. Not to judge someone for the sin they're doing, but to love them out of it. 
you know, to, that, that creates, when we judge someone for their sin, it creates a separation and an isolation, and that isn't family. Okay, we want to love people out of that. So to be accepted when there's sin and to be guided to unlearn any misdirected beliefs. And those beliefs, Shishi did that so beautifully. Remember that day that she was on stage, she had all those boxes that she was carting around? All those misdirected beliefs, we pick them up all the time. That's what we want to help people to let go of and to drop and leave behind. To learn to receive feedback from a place of love and not condemnation helps them to be relational and not be disconnected. I'm going to have to speed talk now. Essential. It's totally essential for all age groups. So I just want to tell you a story about a young girl. Um, she got pregnant, was very, very young, and she was engaged at the time, and um, her fiancé was like, no way, you know, we haven't, we haven't slept together. How can you be pregnant? You know, it must be somebody else. What have you done wrong? But she went to an older relative who I think must have been her spiritual mentor, her spiritual mother. Now, that woman never judged her. She didn't condemn her. The young pregnant girl was Mary and the woman she went to was Elizabeth. And um, I just want to read you this really quickly. I know it's running a bit late according to the time schedule. But I think we started a bit late. Great book. Spiritual Mothering, if anybody wants to get a book on it, I've loved this book. Um, she says in here, and that is um, Susan Hunt, she says, I think Mary and Elizabeth could celebrate because a relationship was already in place. God didn't choose two strangers. It seems that Mary had a degree of confidence in that relationship to go to Elizabeth with that incredible story. Can you imagine if Elizabeth had judged the woman that God chose to carry our saviour. Like, just couldn't imagine that. So she goes on to say, perhaps she'd visited Mary's home and taken time to talk with her. Perhaps she wrote Mary notes of encouragement. Perhaps she praised qualities of excellence in Mary's character that no one else noticed. Whatever she did, it seems like Elizabeth's home was a safe place for Mary. But it's significant that Mary went to Elizabeth. The younger woman went to the older woman. A spiritual mother is willing to cultivate a relationship with a younger woman by spending time with her on what might seem like trivial things, teaching her to bake bread, to meet for breakfast, to discuss something that's going on at work, keep her children so that she can have a night out with her husband taking her to lunch. This way it opens up a way for the younger woman to share her story with the older woman. But younger women need to follow Mary's example and seek out older women who display evidence of God's grace and ask for their help to live for God's glory. Often older women are willing, but they feel it would be presumptuous to approach a younger woman Older women can do the cultivating, but women, younger women need to do the instigating. And I think that's, that's really relevant. Like, I know I, I feel like that. I'm really happy to, to work with anybody who comes, but I, don't, I never want to interfere. I never want to say, oh, you know, this is what I want to do. So in that, in the next minute, just the characters that we actually can 
develop when we want to imitate God. You know, when we say as women, we want to imitate God. We want to actually be more like him. When we want to be spirit-filled and live how Holy Spirit tells us, it helps us to deliver, to actually develop strength, excellence, tenderness, generosity, a desire to nurture. Even if we've never had children, God gives us that, that desire to nurture, to comfort, compassion, affection, protection, and sacrifice. And we actually then are relational. We're relatable and relational, okay? We're not isolated. So one thing I'm going to just say in that is that the development of mothering capacity is actually positively affected by instinct and our learning, but it's hindered by sin. So along the way, God wants us to not rest on our laurels, but to actually work at improving ourselves, and, and that's with support. If you're an older person in this church, find someone who's more spiritually along that path than you and ask them to walk the journey with you. You know, don't, don't think that you're an island and you're on your own. So um, when we are in that position, we need to be sensitive to the spiritual needs of others, to pray for them, love them like sons and daughters, and we really can't be that way unless we're spiritually mature on that path. So I think today, Mother's Day, is a great day to reach out and actually say to someone, I need a spiritual mother or I need a spiritual father. Will you be that for me? Will you walk that journey? Will you give that person permission to speak into your life honestly with love and to not judge you? So... Just in wrapping that up, oh, and just the last thing I wrote down here is that maturity is an ongoing process and there's no one too stuck that God can't unstick. Not you and not me, not anyone. So if you're thinking, I can't, I'm too far in this, God's saying that's not true. Okay? So I know you probably might not be able to relate, but you might be. And I'm not saying anyone I know ever did this. But um, did your mum ever say to you, if you know what's good for you? Nobody? Yeah, a couple of people. So we've probably all heard that. So you know what? God's telling us to be a family because he knows what's good for us. And that's it. Full stop. Bottom line. He knows. So we're going to open up. We're going to worship a little bit more and then we're going to open up a space for prayer for anybody who wants to come forward for any reason at all. But I just want to encourage you, take the time today. Just you know, ask God who you might want to talk to, who could be a spiritual mother for you. You know, Denise is a spiritual mother for me. She's beautiful, I love her, and we wear that for others. But um, you know, there's, there's somebody here in this family or there's someone in another church that will be that for you. So God bless you all. Have a wonderful Mother's Day and um, hand you over to Tim.